Hello everyone. Before we start today's episode, I did want to mention that we now have a steady account for this podcast. This is a new way to support this podcast as well as a possibility to listen to it without the ads. So if that's something that sounds interesting to you, please check out Steady. It's linked down below in the show notes. And now we'll get started with the pre-recorded episode as we talked about last time. And I hope you will enjoy it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the More or Less podcast. Today we do have a special guest. Hi. Do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Um, my name is Victoria. Well, shortly you can call me Vika. Um, well, I am a YouTuber mostly and I film videos about uh, minimalism, about uh, capsule wardrobe, something like that, uh, decluttering and things like that. And I'm so interested in also in your uh, channel, Leah, <laughs> because, well, this was one of the first channels that I found uh, when I was interested in minimalism things and uh, of course the sustainable sustainability topic so yeah this is what I do right now I do the YouTube channel and also I am a video editor as my day job um, that's basically it <laughs> interesting yeah so you're you're like a similar creator to me like you're, you're doing mm -hmm. similar topics but you're not fully self-employed but you have been, right? Because I'm following kind of your journey, Instagram and YouTube as well. And I remember you were self-employed, but then like decided to go back to also to work for someone else. Yeah, well, I do work for someone else right now, but it's like a freelance work. So if in oh. case they don't have a job for me, then I won't receive money and things like that. So is it self-employed? I don't know. Maybe partly? I think that still counts as self-employed, but you're just like, you have one more income stream. Mm -hmm. like yeah, that. and then I yeah, would say yeah. that this is so convenient to have several income streams because I'm not that worried if I, for example, lose YouTube or if I lose uh, my mm -hmm. job because I have at least a little bit more to support me while I uh, look for something else. Yeah, because for me, that's sometimes a problem as well. Everything is kind of connected to YouTube. So if YouTube would go away, mm -hmm. I would definitely have to find another job very, very soon. And that's something I've been thinking about. So I think it's like amazing that you did that step of like kind of so many people have that dream of being self-employed, mm -hmm. but then kind of or like, yeah, I mean, you're st still self-employed, but maybe just be a YouTuber or something. But I think it's also it takes courage and it's sometimes yeah. a really, really good idea to just say, well, it's not working out perfectly like this. And um, mm -hmm. I'd rather have this as well. I agree. Yeah. So maybe... Yeah. Uh, well, maybe we should start with our topic. Or yes. I don't know, is it allowed to ramble around here? Or uh... absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but we can start exactly. You, um, I kind of asked you what what topic you mm -hmm. want to talk about, and so introduce our topic of the day. Yeah, I've come up with the topic about the sustainable fashion again. I know you've already filmed, uh, recorded a few podcasts about it. I've listened to them. Uh, just to know what you talked about and it's all mm, very yeah. interesting but um, the things that I heard and that I hear all around the internet are the ones that are all similar to me like uh, be sustainable if you can if you can't don't and this uh, whole idea at the base of it is not questioned like this is completely bad um, I don't know exploiting workers and being unsustainable mm -hmm. as a huge corporations uh, it is like pure evil 
I don't know, for yes. me it sounds in the in the media. But I still have some questions that I don't see many people discuss. So maybe you as an I don't know, an authority in this area may <laughs> <laughs> may I don't know introduce some things for me. Um, maybe uh, and see. I can I can maybe show some other opinions uh, out there that are not that straightforward and clear like um, for example when I hear, hear about all this um, small wages that people are paid out there in Bangladesh in India that have to make this this uh, clothes I always think about uh, why is it considered to be a small wage For example, they'd say that they have like one dollar a day as a salary. And why do we think that this is small? Can you please? Well, I don't know. Tell me, how do we consider that this is super bad and we should stop doing that? Mm, I think like I'm I'm not an expert, like I can't tell you the studies or like the, the exact sources, but I'm pretty sure um, for example, in Germany, there are, of course, sometimes surveys done that try to determine how much money you need to live, like just to, to pay a, an average rent to eat food and things like that. And I think the minimum wage just went up and now it's about 12 wow. euros per hour. And I have to say, like, that's not a lot. Like with that amount of money, you can barely survive. And then depending on if you have a regular job that already pays like health insurance and things like that, or if it's just like a, a small job that doesn't pay these things, then you have to, like if you're self-employed in Germany, you have to pay 100% of your um, health insurance. And if you're employed in a regular job, you just have to pay 50%. And things like that kind of also count into that. And so I think... You can just determine an amount of money you need to make per hour, which then ensures that you can live off it. And as far as I know, not every country has a minimum wage. So for Bangladesh, I'm not sure what it is exactly. But you, I think you said it about right. There are garment workers that are paid $30 per month or sometimes even less. And that at least is far below the minimum wage or what you would need to live off and so there's this other term that's a living wage and I think a living wage always just means kind of um, figuring out how much money you need to pay everything mostly I think these things are maybe not done by the government but just by non-profits or things like that and then of course as a garment worker if you work like 15 hours a day and you have half of what you need to live off there's just no chance you can make the rest of the money somewhere else because you don't have time you don't have you, you mm -hmm. can't and so i think that is just like that's how to we can determine if something is not enough payment which interestingly enough i'm just reading a book about sustainable fashion by Aja barber i don't know if you like know her she's uh, has a huge account on instagram And it's called Consumed. And I think mm -hmm. this is a really, really good book because it looks at all of these intersections and how everything plays together with colonialism and racism and like sexism as well, because most of the garment workers are female. And there she she kind of also uncovers these things and talks about minimum wage and how it's not paid and how we think that offering job is a good thing but most of these countries had great economies before 
people from Europe came and said like, now I'm, you're going to produce clothes for me and I'm not going to pay you enough, kind of. Mm -hmm. And uh, do you think the only solution for that is not buy-in from unsustainable brands? Is there any other things that we could help? Because I will, I imagine that if, let's say, a family in Bangladesh, let's say, let's say as an example, mm-hmm. could live only for this money that they are paid at this um, at this garment work, um, and they don't have this money now, so I highly, I'm quite concerned about how this all should work with us not not buying the sustainable mm-hmm, fashion yeah. and how is it gonna solve the problem um so i think there are like it's a complex problem so there are mm-hmm. always more things involved there's one example during the pandemic brands in like at the start of 2020 canceled their orders and the way it works in the fashion industry is that you make an order but the factories have to pay up front so they make your clothes and if they like ship them to you and when they arrive then the fashion in like fashion um brands pays for the clothes they got and so in like march of 2020 they all canceled their orders because they realized oh wow stores are closed so people are not gonna buy our things and so a lot of factories and a lot of workers in the global south now have a huge loss because these big brands that and they have a lot of millionaires at the top they did not pay for their orders and so one thing that's like very straightforward in my opinion is um, this campaign I think it's called pay up that um, calls out these brands and says like you order these clothes please pay for them because the factories need this money to pay for like fabrics, they needed to pay for the staff, for the workers and things like that. So I think that's like one way demanding that big brands actually do what they said and mm-hmm. pay what they need to pay for. At least that's not like solving the problem with the low wage, but I think that's like one thing. And then there's also other brands, smaller brands that produce in China, India, Bangladesh that pay well. And so I think that is also a, a way to go to um, buy from sustainable brands. And it doesn't mean that then no one in Bangladesh has a job, but it means that it can still be produced everywhere with a fair payment. And I think the other thing is that we here in Europe or wherever we live, we also don't get paid well sometimes. Now, that's a bit hard to say for us when we're self-employed because it's kind of we're not, it's not a minimum wage or like an hourly wage we're dependent on. And sometimes I feel weird when I read about these things because I don't have a lot of money. Like I really, I think I live about at the poverty line and I did that to myself kind of. I'm doing this out of free will. It's your fault. And yeah. And also in the influencer industry, it's still also the same that we don't get paid well because brands want to cut costs and things like that. And so it's it's kind of complex for me, but if you're a worker, like if you're employed, then in Europe, you also sometimes don't get paid well. And so it can be hard for you to buy fair fashion pieces with this unfair wage you get here in Europe. Now, of course, we're maybe better off. Of course, we have minimum wage. But I think there is this percentage of people that does not get paid well, that cannot be held accountable to buy very expensive sustainable fashion if they can't afford housing 
and groceries and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I think it's when you like as a hobby go shopping once a week and say like, why? Well, but I can't afford sustainable fashion. That's when it's like, no, you can. And it's not supposed to be a hobby and buy five new things each week. Yeah. And I think we kind of agree on that because it's just, it also goes against minimalism, sustainability and everything. Yeah. But with all that said, I still cannot get mad on people who go shopping every week. I know that for some it's just um, an uncontrollable habit, but for some it's Mm -hmm. just a hobby that... Um, gets people through the hard week of working and even though they spend like their last money on fashion this is something that brings them joy and it's very hard cycle to to break sometimes yeah and i feel that well sometimes uh, we blame well people for not being Mm -hmm. able to um i don't know switch even though they have a choice uh but this whole idea of changing the world sometimes means, seems so big for me because I'm a small human. How can I like change the world? How can I make this greedy bastard at the top of that factory of, I don't know, H&M stop paying these minimum wages? So, yeah. I don't know, it feels like we care about this so much that we may forget about... Um, that not everything is in our control and simply not buying from unsustainable brands will not like sometimes will not be super effective for the global problem yeah i think that's like why it's complex and why we need like different approaches and you're definitely right like the it's not the like yeah maybe the consumer is responsible as well but it's not responsible to a 100 percent that like the most responsible person or people are definitely the ones at the top who gain millions from exploiting workers. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I think that's that's harder, like to make these people think differently. And I think that's just kind of an ethical question. Like how much does a consumer, yeah, has to be held accountable for their... Yeah, yeah how much responsibility do they have? And I think it's also, again, it depends. Like, it depends on how much you spend. It depends on if you have a platform. Because I think it's a different thing if you buy from fast fashion brands and make these choices and you don't share it online. Or if you share it with a million people and say, like, look, please buy this. I go shopping every week and that's the way to go. But of course, it's like, yeah, where where do you draw the line? Where do you? And I think it's complex and it's something that maybe does not have a right or wrong answer, but it's something that everybody has to define for themselves. But I think for this problem of like these millionaires exploiting a bunch of people, there's um, these laws that a lot of countries tried to, like, I, I know at least for Germany and Switzerland, they try to um, have this new law of brands that needing to kind of prove where and when and how their things are made. Mm-hmm. It's In Germany, it's called Lieferkettengesetz, which kind of means like um, supply chain law. Mm-hmm. So... That would already help a lot because a lot of big brands do not know where their clothes are actually made because they have like a contractor and they have subcontractors and those work with factories and the factories work with other factories. So in the end, the CEOs have no idea where the clothes are actually made. 
Yeah, that's smart. And if you have this law of like, they need to prove where everything is made, then you have already more control. Because as of right now, sometimes we can't even tell if a clothes from fair fashion, like which kind of um, human rights violations are behind this garment. Now, for the price, we can for sure know that most of the time it's not possible to make these pieces without violating human rights. But... We don't know exactly because nobody knows because it's just subcontractor, subcontractor, subcontractor. And I think it would be a great law. It, of course, would maybe make prices a bit higher, but it would ensure a certain standard. Mm -hmm. And there's also a study that has been done. I have that from the book that um, that I'm reading right now that kind of says if you make a garment 1% more expensive, it would already be enough to pay garment workers well. And I think that's ridiculous wow. yeah. because that 100%. really means the profit. Yeah, exactly. That the profit margin, it wouldn't be a problem for these billionaires, millionaires, whatever, like such rich people to give away a little, little, little bit of each garment. Then you would not have to make the price higher and still be able to pay garment workers well. Yeah. Well, honestly, going to some mass market brands, um, I don't feel like it's everything's cheap. Honestly, everything feels mm -hmm. not super expensive but not something that i would choose uh if i have like a thrift shop option second hand option so maybe the the solution for somebody who likes fashion would be really some thrift stores because they basically have the Definitely, same things yeah the same exact pieces but first cheaper second uh not not giving your choice to these big factories that exploit people yeah, where do you have your, where do you get the most of your um, clothes? Is mm. it sustainable or thrifting or what? Um, like for myself, I haven't bought fast fashion during the past five years or six, I don't know, something like that. I, in the past, it used to be more secondhand, but now that's like an ethical problem as well, maybe. Now I'm a content creator and brands want to give me more clothes than I can need, mm -hmm. like that I can use. It's like so many times I have to say like, no, I don't need anything. Or can I have just one or two pieces instead of three or four? So right now I would say my wardrobe is maybe made up from two thirds sustainable clothing that I get from brands through sponsorships and one third secondhand mm -hmm. and I get that in usually I used to try like online thrift stores but I think it's just so difficult because the sizing in fast fashion we talked about that in another episode yeah. sometimes it's so ridiculous and I don't know and, and it's too big or too small and ah so I, I now I think buy more again in like offline real world world thrift stores oh and i forget one category and that's um handmade stuff that i made myself i also have a few pieces that i made myself and that is made usually from secondhand material like yarn but i have one sweater where i got the yarn for my birthday and that's like new yarn a regional i don't know farm with a few alpacas and it's alpaca yarn from those and i have one sweater out of this material exactly so usually secondhand or sustainable brands mm -hmm. but now i would be interested in your perspective or like how it is in your wardrobe because i know you're a youtube creator as well but i think because i don't know if it's because your channel is a bit smaller but you haven't 
or because of the country you're living in, or I don't know if brands sometimes do not ship to some places mm -hmm. um, because yeah I don't think you get that many like sponsorships or gifted clothes no I don't like 95% of my clothes is thrifted mm -hmm. but like thrift stores here they sell only secondhand pieces I don't know if it's relevant for other countries but if you go to the thrift store everything's used but it is okay I don't mind a few cotton balls mm, here yeah. and there so it's not a big deal for me and sometimes you can find really good not really worn out pieces and yeah recently I've been very much into thrift shopping and I see how fast this I don't know rabbit hole can drag you in uh, because I, I went there like a few times and then I'm like oh there's a new um, stock uh, well stock refillment this month so yeah. maybe I should go one more time and when you start like going regularly to uh, the shops mm -hmm. to stores to shop actually it it may never end so I try to be very cautious about it because I see how much of a problem it is not only for like those low capital countries that have their people exploited but also for just us if we um, if we get into this bad habits of buying always of uh, not being intentional with our clothing uh, with like fixating too much on uh, this instead of solving maybe other issues that you try to I don't know um, compensate with this new hobby so I mm -hmm. think just buying and buying and buying and not being intentional with our clothing harm us the same as maybe other people out there who make these garments so I try to be very cautious about it and yeah as to these sustainable brands and uh, like brands that try to be sustainable don't you think that they sometimes may exploit the idea of sustainability of being green as their marketing um, process and tricks to get people into buying stuff and can we or should we if, um, impact this Absolutely. I absolutely think greenwashing is a huge like deal. And first I want to say something like, yeah, you're right. Like about uh, being intentional with buying things, but already like if we buy secondhand clothes, that's a million times more sustainable than buying like new clothes. And I think if you have that habit, like not just you, but also as a, a listener, if you have that habit of buying a lot of things, I would try out um, secondhand shopping as well, because it can feel almost more like a treasure hunt than going like to a regular store. So I think for me, at least that absolutely works. Of course, you have to dig through a bit more and maybe, you know, it takes a bit longer to find something. But we have a huge, huge waste problem with fast fashion as well. And thrift stores kind of work against that waste problem. So I think if you're going to buy a lot of things and if that's your hobby, if you're finding your style, like sometimes, yes, you need a bunch of things. And then thrift shopping, secondhand stores is always such an amazing like alternative to just buying things new even if it sometimes takes longer you have to yeah be more more careful with choosing your pieces but it's just it's just a way better thing to do and mm -hmm. as like you asked uh, about the secondhand things yes in Germany I think it's also mostly secondhand items at thrift stores but it's actually a problem and something that's considered unethical if sometimes secondhand stores sell new stuff because sometimes they do 
kind of as a resell. So they buy a bunch of clothes that could not get sold um, in a store and then they sell them, but you can't really tell if it's secondhand or not. And so sometimes a consumer buys something thinking it's secondhand, therefore more sustainable, but indeed it's just like shifting the problem and the store can actually sell these things to a secondhand store, which is something I don't want to support because then I'm basically buying new clothes from a fast fashion company, um, but just in a thrift store. So oh, I really? actually try to always um, buy like secondhand things and I'm mad if I buy something secondhand and then realize, oh, well, maybe it was new. Because it often means that a fast fashion brand profits from my purchase. You know, I've never thought about it this way. Honestly, I've been thinking that this way of buying is also sustainable because this clothes, instead of going to the landfill, goes to like me as a consumer. Because we have like the maybe, whole stores. Part, maybe. Yeah, we have the whole stores that specialize... The whole stores that specialize on repurchasing pieces that were not sold from the fast fashion brands and and re releasing them and uh, selling them and we call these stores stock and you usually can buy things a lot cheaper there and they are new they are good quality so not good quality um, necessarily but well they are new and I've always thought well if I go there then this piece will not be thrown away instead of this I will simply buy it mm. for a cheaper price and it will be like more affordable for me and for a bunch of other people who cannot even afford fast fashion brand um, so I don't I don't know I haven't even thought about it that that factories uh, profit yeah. from that <laughs> I think so, because at least if they sell them, then they don't have to take care of their own waste. So it's kind of supporting this mm -hmm. stupid system. On the other mm -hmm. hand, maybe if you look at it, maybe it's a bit more sustainable. Because maybe the brands have already realized that they had too much if that change is like their next order. But sometimes it's just cheaper to order more and then have too much. And so waste and overproduction is also kind of a huge flaw of this whole fast fashion system. Yeah, I prefer to buy secondhand and really secondhand because otherwise I have the feeling maybe it's like, let's say buying it new is like not sustainable and buying it from one of these resale stores is a little bit more sustainable, but buying something actually secondhand is a lot more sustainable, I would say. But maybe it also depends on the country and if they're like, if the brands gives away this stuff for free, if they're selling it, how that changes their practices in the future, like about how they're ordering their things. So I guess it always depends and there can always be a, a way where it actually is sustainable because when we don't know everything, then we can't make an informed choice. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the problems. And that also brings us back to greenwashing because sometimes brands try to tell us that they're producing their things so sustainable, 100% sustainable. Yeah. You can buy as much as you want and you're still a saint. And that's absolutely not true. Yeah, that's so funny because like the part of all the pieces that I see in a fast fashion brand is has this label of like made sustainably or made of recycled, mm, yeah. whatever that is. But the other half of this store is does not have these labels. And so basically, I assume that they are made unsustainably. So mm -hmm. uh, in my opinion, like what 
prevents you from making this other half of the store uh, be made also from the sustainable uh, options and, and fabrics if you already know how to do that. Like you've got so much money, so why do you make only a small percentage, like 30% of your uh, whole uh, production sustainable and other not? And also, is it sustainable? As you say, like mm-hmm. it's also very hard to hard to like check everything. I yeah, honestly do not really have time or energy to check every sustainable brand if they are being honest or not, whether or not their practices are uh, good and support what like what is fair. Um, so, do you somehow have? Um, process that you go through when you check if the brand is really sustainable so like one thing i think why do brands not make everything sustainable when they already make a part of their collection sustainable i think it's because it's more expensive like Mm -hmm. buying sustainable fabrics or recycling recycled fabrics or recycling the fabrics themselves is more expensive and it all comes down to saving costs i think if the sustainable version was less expensive they would go that way. But mm-hmm. most of the time, unfortunately, it's more expensive. And so they're not doing it. And if you buy from like a huge corporation that has a certain amount of sustainable clothes, sometimes they are kind of financed with their bad clothes. So that's yeah. also a thing to keep in mind. So if you buy like sustainable from a brand that's usually not sustainable, then maybe sometimes it's not sustainable because mm-hmm. the brand as a whole is not operating in an ethical way. It's also there's one fact and that's for organic cotton. There is a certain amount of organic cotton that's produced each year and we know that amount. Like it's known you can kind of I don't know where you can look it up, but it's it's known how much organic cotton is produced each year. But the amount of organic cotton that's sold each year is like triple the amount, which of course does not work out. So we know that certain brands claim that they're selling organic cotton, even though it's not organic cotton. Or maybe they just mix in 20% of organic cotton and then they say it's organic cotton, Mm -hmm. even though it's just a part organic cotton. And then like the third, your third question or what you said about like, a process yes absolutely i think even if you're trying to be as sustainable as possible and have that much knowledge and time and everything you still sometimes buy a product thinking it's sustainable mm-hmm. and then and later on realizing oh well i think there was some greenwashing i think i didn't know but i do have a resource that i think is great for you and all listeners mm-hmm. and that's a website called good on you And there they kind of rate and check sustainable brands or also like normal brands, because sometimes these big corporations claim that they have these sustainable things, as as we just talked about. Um, And so on this website, good on you, you can kind of check out brands. It's not like not every brand is available, especially small brands are sometimes not on, on this website, but the bigger brands are there and they kind of check for you. How is their, how are they treating their workers? How is the sustainability? How is like animal rights? And it's not, of course, 100% and maybe they miss something as well. But I think it's, it's good to at least get like a first impression and to have someone, a third party, look over this brand and kind of give you a, yeah, like a, a first rating on how sustainable this brand might be. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's a good uh, thing that you offered this website. I had no idea, but maybe now it's it will be like easier for me to go through the choosing the brand I want to buy from, because for me it's like the whole big deal. I find some sustainable fashion brands, and they usually are more expensive, or I doubt yes. about their sustainability, or I doubt about their I don't know fabric quality. Mm-hmm. Well, honestly, can I be uh, like really honest here about of one of your videos where you were showing? Uh, your clothes and of course most of it are is are from sustainable brands and you were complaining that not complaining well just talking about it and saying that you wore one piece for about two years or something Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it's already getting worn out and honestly this made me think about whether or not these sustainable fashion brands are actually good quality because for me two years for a piece is nothing if it's made out of cotton uh, or wool, it is. It lasts a lot it longer last for 10 me. Years, yeah, yeah. For me, yeah. it's it's like if I see that the pieces worn out, even um, if the pieces worn out after two years, I'm like, I'm not buying from this brand. And I think yeah, that's an aspect that's something like we can't really know until we have that piece and mm-hmm. until we use it because quality at first sight sometimes it looks really good and then after we use it it's really trash. And I think sustainable brands unfortunately sometimes do not have the resources to test and try that much, mm-hmm. especially if they're like smaller brands. And so I think like quality, yes, sometimes things are made better, like seams should not go apart after one wash. Items, like sometimes if you buy from fast fashion, it's kind of the fabric is not flat, but it turns in itself, kind of. And that's something that shouldn't happen with fair fashion, I think, because usually it's better quality when it comes to making. Mm -hmm. But the the fabric itself, definitely that's an issue. And I exactly know what you mean. Actually, one of these pieces is the shirt I'm wearing right now. And it's the pieces that are made out of tensile, 95% and 5% elastane. So I would say like one thing is my mistake. I wash them at 40 degrees Celsius instead of 30 degrees Celsius. And it says I should wash them at 30 degrees Celsius. And the other thing is, I think these mixed fabrics are have a bit of an issue because what mm. happens every single time is that the elastane part vanishes. The elastane part kind of goes away when using it. And then you're left with the 95% cotton, but you can see it slightly in like the color difference and it's not stretchy anymore and things like that. And I think that's just, it's this, it's this nice to have thing if a thing is a bit stretchy and therefore it's blended fabrics. But from a sustainability standpoint, it's always better to get like a 100% something piece. Mm -hmm. And it's also, I think, yeah, I think it's just better quality in a sense of it works for a longer time. Now, I've yeah. been working with sustainable brands for a few years now, but going forward in the future, I think I will also pay more attention to that because in my opinion and like now having had these pieces for a few years, I definitely see a difference. And it's definitely the case that like 100% organic cotton or 100% wool pieces work longer. Mm-hmm. Don't get like yeah weird and discolored and not so good in a few years and okay the other thing this one that i'm wearing right now it's like a a tank top also has some holes after two years and i think it's the case because i'm wearing it so much so i think that's maybe another thing Mm -hmm, maybe depending on how big your wardrobe is it can also just be a shorter time until your garments 
are not good anymore just because you wear them a lot more. But you're definitely right. Like, I agree. It should it should be longer. Yeah. Have you found any tendency from sustainable fashion brands uh, in terms of their quality? Is it mm-hmm. is it rather an exception that you find that pieces are getting worn out faster or it's a rule for them? I think it's an exception or at least it's I think it's better like on average clothes are better and better quality and work longer than from like fast fashion brands. But if I think about it and like, I, I don't want to, I don't think I want to call out like a certain brand because in general, they're all doing great things, but I've had it like from two or three brands that some things like happened that it's worn out too fast or a seam teared. And in some cases, I'm not sure if I was the problem. Like if I stretched it so long until like the seam ripped mm-hmm. and so I, I can't really tell if it's the piece or if it's me. And I haven't had like hundreds of pieces to, to rule out anything. But in general, I would say the quality is better. But of course, it depends on the brands. There are some brands that are like claim to be sustainable and maybe also use 100% um, organic cotton and say they use like fair labor and they still don't have good quality clothes. Like my boyfriend had socks at one point and they were also not that expensive. They were not that expensive, claim to be fair fashion. And these socks just kind of, after six months, all of the socks had holes and were not good to use anymore. And it was not from wearing, it was just a bad quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, I think maybe it makes sense to read reviews. <laughs> That's something that... <laughs> maybe, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I'm very lucky on one hand because I live in Ukraine and we don't have an hourly wage of $20 to be the minimum, but we also don't of have the not, yeah. $1 a day to be a normal wage as well. Uh, so we have something, well, let's say in the middle. So a lot of seamstresses here and people who are very talented are making their own uh, fashion, their own uh, stores, and they have their own production and manufacturing. And um, yeah, if buying new, I would like to, I don't know, make myself, motivate myself to go and check my local um, stores that are making as good clothes even better than in fast fashion course, and uh, everything and they have like the normal uh, range price price range because well people here are cheaper than people in uh, germany well <laughs> this sounds very wrong right no no no, no. <laughs> but it's, but it's a, and it's the economy the german thing. brands they usually don't produce in germany they usually do produce in turkey or mm-hmm. portugal yeah turkey is think, also cheaper as well yeah so i think but i think that's like amazing i think buying local and especially like small brands that produce locally that it supports the local economy i think that's always an amazing thing to do and like that if it's really everything local then the chances are very very high that it's more sustainable and ethical than buying from a big brand And it just supports, like, it goes against this whole monopoly of capitalist huge brands. Mm -hmm. And it, yeah, again, it pours into your communities. It pours into your economy. And so I think this is, like, always a great idea. But just in Germany, I don't know where I would get clothes that are produced in Germany. I don't think anybody kind of produces clothes in Germany because it's so expensive. And then, I don't know, yeah. But if you have these possibilities, then I think that's always an amazing idea and like that it's also maybe more unique 
because it's not something that's produced all over the world. True. It's, yeah, it's just, I think it's a good idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that definitely like kind of fits, even though you maybe don't have like um, certain criteria standards and, and things that they can prove they're doing right. I think going local and small businesses is always something to support, even though maybe they can't prove how sustainable or ethical they are. Yeah, they just, just sometimes don't aspect. care about it. Yeah. yeah, Sometimes the public does not demand that because mm-hmm. just the public is not that aware yet that they don't demand any reports about how sustainable the brand is. Mm-hmm. At least it's relevant for my area. I really like to buy here uh, something from made of leather because the leather production here is amazing. By the way, what do you think about these um, fabrics that are not actually sustainable? As I know, leather is not sustainable, but I have Mm -hmm. not found any high quality alternative to that. Same as duck down, like duck down coats are my Mm -hmm. top one uh, priority when it comes to winter clothes because otherwise whatever I buy whatever I try it's it's not that warm as duck down I'm sorry I yeah, just can't yeah. find anything better the same as and I think wool. that's mostly true for leather yeah and for like, wool like mm-hmm. have you found anything warmer than wool not no. me <laughs> so but, yeah so I understand the whole ethical concern for wool it depends like if you I've, I've like cut wool from sheep in a way that they absolutely do not suffer. Mm-hmm. Like they're lying there on their meadow, chewing grass, and I'm cutting just a bit of wool out of their like back. So there's a way to do it. But we all know that like in Australia, for example, where a lot of wool is produced, a lot of sheep are harmed. Like they are cut in the process. They are hung at on their feet from the ceiling and like the wool is cut in a few minutes and it's not a pleasant thing for these sheep. So, of course, I do not want to support that. But I think, and the same for leather, of course, leather always comes from a dead animal. So you kind of have to uh, decide if that's okay for you. Same as like the, the downs, the, the feathers. It's always also kind of a difficult thing on like how it's harvested and if you want to support that. But I think you're right in a sense that these materials there's just no better option for the same thing and i haven't come across like a feather alternative that's warmer i haven't come across a leather alternative that's sturdier and lives longer and the same goes for wool for me i try to go for recycled Mm -hmm. and there's definitely a lot of brands that use recycled down that use recycled leather or like leather that's or secondhand goods out of leather and also like recycled wool and so I think that's for me that's the way that I think it's ethical in my consumption that I can do it and I can still have the benefits because definitely if you buy a pair of shoes from fake leather and you wear them for a year and then you have to throw them away yeah it's the leather shoes often work for like 10 or 20 years if you have like a new sole maybe and so I don't think it's a good idea to just buy a new pair of fake leather shoes every year and throw away all of these resources also fake leather is often made from plastic which is another huge problem in the fashion industry like the amount of plastic and microplastic pollution that's happening Mm -hmm. to us to the oceans to the nature and so I do still use wool and downs and leather just because I haven't found a good alternative and as as long as I go secondhand or recycled for me ethically it works out yeah I agree 
Well, if I can yeah. find something secondhand from from leather or wool, I always mm-hmm. grab it. Um, yeah, because it's obviously better. Oh. Yeah, definitely. So, if you have listened to our podcast episodes, do we want to try the more or less game? Like, it's what in this whole topic, what do you wish you had more and what do you wish you had less of okay. for, for your life for the next months? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I'd say I would. Or should I start? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think I can start. Well, yes, okay. I like, I really like this um, idea of this questioner. Um, well, I think I would like less of unintentional shopping because I see that how, how easily can drag you in. Um, so I would like to go shopping only if I want to and only with a plan. And I want less shopping, uh, less unintentional shopping overall when it comes to clothing and everything else as well, of course. And as to the things that I want more of, I would like to... I don't know. Um, I would like the... I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to say. <laughs> I can come up with this idea. Maybe more of the... Just good people in general in the world. Because yes, at the end of the day, it all comes down to that person who profits from this all and doesn't see anybody at the bottom who who actually is suffering yeah and i don't know if that's possible it's probably some kind of a fairy that i'm trying to want right now but i want more of the this um understanding for the people on top that uh, people at the bottom also exist at the bottom of economy and they want a better life for themselves and i don't know i just want those people who profit from that to be better to do better yes absolutely i definitely absolutely agree with that yeah and i think um yeah i for for me more i also want more of that like i want more awareness and of course consumers as well that's a good idea if you know what you're doing what you're buying as a consumer but definitely also, and bec- like, I like this utopia. I really, really hope the people at the top realize what ethical like production is and things like that mm-hmm. and want to do that as well. But on top of that, I want more regulations mm-hmm. for the people that don't see it to just be held accountable to, yeah, so that they have to follow certain standards, certain human rights, like all of them, please. <laughs> yeah. Just so that we can have like a more, also more of an exchange instead of just exploitation. Because so many so talented designers and and workers are working on these garments. And because it's such a big corporation, I don't think they have, it's oftentimes just like a hamster wheel thing. Mm-hmm. You don't get, and I think there are so many great designers also in countries where, they are not seen usually like as you also said like in your like local area there are designers and people that produce stuff and i think they should be seen more and at least we should consume the things that are produced where we live as well and of course we can consume stuff that's from somewhere else but it's the balance is not great at the moment Mm -hmm. (laughs) let's leave it at that um and what i want to have less of of course like pollution human rights um, violations and for myself um, yeah also still maybe 
I still know kind of this urge of sometimes, ooh, but I want it. I'm not sure if I need it, but I want it. And getting excited for something new because it's new. And it's not a huge problem anymore in my life, but I think I want even less of that. I don't want to be impressed by something because it's new. Yeah, true. I want to, to be able to just really intentionally choose the things that actually add value in my life and not want them because they're sparkly and new. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> yeah. I've read the uh, study one once upon a time that said that our brain is attracted to novelty and we sometimes yeah, opt for the new things, not because we're bad people, but because it's the psychology that's that's working. Mm. And yeah, there are ways to um, control ourselves, of course. We're humans, we can control ourselves. So yeah, it all sometimes comes down to psychology and how to trick our brains and how to make good habits stick. Um, yeah, so that we could be more intentional about our lives in general. And we can, maybe we can shift it, you know, maybe we can seek novelty when mm -hmm. it comes to experience. Yeah, right. Because I think, yeah, novelty is amazing. And I, I don't want to restrict my brain in a way to, you don't get any novelty. <laughs> no but I can, you. you know, I can, I can experience the novelty in a, in a sustainable, in an ethical and way that does not harm anyone and still is fun and new for me. Yeah, because a lot of things, even though they're new are even free like going to a new yeah, park exactly. speaking to a new person yeah. um trying yeah, learning a new something. vegetable I yeah learning yeah. something true yeah okay yeah i think we're at the end of this episode i want to thank you so much for being here victoria i will of course leave your youtube channel and instagram by your like or like account in the show notes so please check her out she does make amazing videos about minimalism sustainability as well and just her life in ukraine and i think it's very interesting to see like one voice more talking about these things thanks a lot thanks for having me i'm so excited every time anybody invites me to anywhere <laughs> because it feels like i have this uh, letter from hogwarts when i get to do something um unusual for myself and speak about interesting something topics new. and maybe yeah <laughs> novelty something new right and yeah i i have found out a lot of new things here and i hope our audience did as well so i hope it was productive and effective and like you spend good so. time guys <laughs> with us i hope yeah. that too yeah and so next week i think paulina is gonna be here again and just thank you for listening you know you can always rate this podcast and um, recommend it to a friend. Also, I want to say thank you, Matze, for editing. And I think that's goodbye for today. Yeah, goodbye. Have a good day. <laughs>